You're listening to the Oh Come On Sports Podcast with me, Natasha Sanishevsky. Everybody, thanks for joining us. This is the Oh Come On Sports Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Natasha Spanishevsky, and Big Al over in Toronto. It has been a great sports week for Canadian fans, in my opinion, because not only did hockey start, uh, I mean, hockey in itself was great. I love to see uh, the action back on the ice, but there was some good stuff going on in Toronto this week, Al. I feel like. Um, I mean, we were chatting about it before. Let's get right to it. That soccer game. What was the buzz like in Toronto? This first of all, how are you over there? How's Toronto? What's the buzz like? It is. You know, it's uh, it's at that time of year where it starts to get dark at like six fifteen, and you know, you know that you know that feeling when it's like that. I I, I, yeah, it's starting to get to that. But I personally love fall, but hate winter. Um, So it's it's kind of the impending impending doom. Uh, of winter but no it's cool it's uh you know the days are still nice and it's still okay to sit on a patio outside somewhere for another another week or so uh but the sports vibe is great right there's so much stuff happening right now i think uh i think the biggest story for me anyway over the last week was canada soccer right was uh was canada against panama in a in a, a pretty important game for world cup qualifying panama i know the top three teams uh in each bracket go to the world cup automatically Panama's in third, Canada's in fourth. So it was a really, really, really important game. And I don't know if you saw uh, Alfonso Davies in that game, but my goodness, talk about like a, a, a man amongst boys. The guy just looks like at a different speed. If you were playing a video game, he'd be at a different speed than the rest of the players because he is just out of this world. Absolutely. I do not find myself switching from hockey to soccer very often. But that's what I was doing that night. Um, just the buzz on social media. And yeah, watching him is incredible. And it, that term, you know, putting Canada on the map, is such a cliche, but it kind of did, I think, that goal. Like, you'd have to think that countries oh, around the world were playing, showing that highlight, that goal of him. So that was that was really, really cool to see. And yeah, just in Toronto with the fans back at the hockey game. And then, of course... Uh, at BMO, it must have just been crazy down there. It was, you know, it was. And I think what's a little unfortunate, Stella, and maybe he'll change some of this, is, for instance, this morning uh, on, I think it was yesterday or yesterday on SportsCenter, uh, the SportsCenter top 10 were the top 10 Alfonso Davies plays, right? So you get a chance to see that this guy's been doing this. This isn't new, right? He's been no. doing this for one of the best teams in the Bundesliga for the last few years now. And he's, you know, um, when you get a chance to see what he's done over there, seeing what he did in this game wasn't necessarily a surprise. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's exciting to see that soccer is getting a little bit more, you know, a little more recognition, uh, in Canada. And I think he, and, and having a strong Canadian player, of course, you know, is going to go a long way to, uh, you know, to helping drive that awareness. And, uh, I know I've seen a few more Davies jerseys kind of rolling around as right. I, as I walk around the streets of Toronto. So there's definitely a, definitely a good buzz around, around him. And hopefully he can, you know, continue to, if Canada can make it to the world cup next year, that would make for a really exciting time. Well, they certainly have my attention, and I really think I'm going to try to get to Edmonton in November for one of those dates nice. for one of those games, because I am really intrigued, and I haven't been to a live sporting event in a very long time, and I think, why the heck not? So I might, yeah. um, I know everyone's saying, you know, it's it's going to be in Canada, it'll be in Edmonton, the Colts will play in Canada's favor, but I hope it's not 
too cold. <laughs> I hope it's not snowing or the turf is frozen so that it takes away from the game. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I hope it's still 100%. a legit fair game. And if the opponents are a little bit cold, then that's fine. Yeah, but I don't want sure. it to be a snowstorm, which I don't. I mean, who knows? Yeah. You never really know in early November, but I I, I hope it's it's not horrible for us. Well, I would recommend if you can make it out to a game, because I mentioned last week, I, w- I did get a chance to go see the Canada Honduras game at BMO Field here a couple weeks ago, a month ago now. A- amazing environment, amazing atmosphere, amazing fans, right? The passion, the chanting, the screaming, the yelling, the emotion. It's so, it's, it was, it was a really cool experience. Uh, and, and unlike other ones, I mean, I've been to a ton of Raptors games and obviously a few Leaf games as well. And, I don't know, a different kind of experience, right? I think it's uh, yes. I, I, just a lot, a lot more, a lot more, a lot more about the game. Is that, is that I, I, the crowd is a lot more into the game versus the experience of being at the game, if that makes sense. For sure. Yep, I agree. And I think with the weather, the way it might be, you will only get the most passionate fans yeah. out there, I think, right? People aren't going to want to stand in zero degree weather if they're not into the soccer match, if they're not into, into or if they're not really into it, I guess. So I think that yep. um, that will help. That will help the atmosphere of the game. So, yeah, we'll see. I'm going to try and get myself down there and uh, I'll be do one it, do it. thousands with a little Canadian flag, hopefully cheering for the Absolutely. Team. Cheer for the – I mean, again, I, I, I love the environment of – I'll say Toronto because I, I live here and it's such a multicultural city as all, most cities in Canada are. But when World Cup is on, to see um, people repping their, their 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 home countries, especially, you know, and flags are all over the place and little Italy is jumping, a little Portugal and Greek town, everything else is crazy. But it would be cool to see Canada in there. And I can't imagine the swell of support that would fall behind Canada from, you know, from the various Canadian cities. I think that would be a really, really cool experience, especially if lockdowns are letting up a little bit and we can get out and watch games. It could make for a really, really fun month. Cause that, I don't know about you, but that world cup time, uh, I'm a soccer fan for sure is, is one yeah. of, it's like, it's like, you know, three, four Super Bowls rolled into one for me. It's, it's just an amazing, amazing, amazing time and experience. Uh, and it'd be super cool if Canada can get in there. Yeah. Okay. Well, we shall see. So as we mentioned, that soccer match was going on. Also, your Toronto Maple Leafs were Uh in action, uh, winning Uh their car. But did you see what happened last night, Al? Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad that you're here right now because I want to know how a Toronto Maple Leaf fan feels after watching how that team came out yesterday, how they started the game and just your overall impressions and your level of concern at this moment. You know what? It's only two games. That's what I'm going to yes. say. It's, o- it's only, no, you know what? But they look, even the Canadian, even the game they won, they did not look, they did not look like a, a, an overpowering no. team. They looked, they looked, especially in that kind of late second, early third period there, they were not looking really strong at all. And then to play that way against the Sens yesterday without Brady Kachuk, especially, I mean, come on, that was, that was, that was a little bit painful. Um, Admittedly, I haven't been watching as much hockey as I, you know, kind of normally would be, but I have been catching up on highlights and it's like, we're used to this, right? Uh, I, I will say this, you know, we don't have our full power yet. We don't have everybody kind of rolling, um, but we had everybody rolling last year in the playoffs. So look what happened. So as a, it's the, it's, it's the typical Leafs fan, you know, kind of emotional roller coaster that we're going to go through because they're going to win three or four in a row over the next little bit. And then, you know, they'll be the best team in, the, in Canada again for a little bit. And so, we're used to it. I love it. I love to hate it. Um, but it, but last night was especially disappointing to lose to uh, to the Senators. I'm glad Spezza got a goal, right? And he, he actually played pretty well. Yes. Um, 
but yeah, overall, very, very disappointing. I'm a huge Jason Spezza fan, so I, I was happy to see that. But I, I, mean, I got to say, I'm, hold on. You know, the fact that you have a smile on your face the entire time I was airing my grievances about the Maple Leafs. I was watching you and you you had a, an increasingly larger smile as I kind well, of went into the woes of being a Leaf fan. And I'll be, that's not very Canadian of you, Natasha. I'll be completely I'm, honest. Sorry, I guess I was just really interested to hear how you were going to justify that performance <laughs> yesterday and being okay with it. And I know it's only two games in. I totally get that. And if the Oilers get blasted by the flames somehow on Saturday, I'll be also very upset. But for this team, the Leafs, who even against Montreal there, like, who got knocked out by Montreal the season before. Like they had that series. The Habs crushed their hopes. We don't need to relive all that. We don't need to go back to. Okay. We won't need to go. Please please don't. Because honestly, yeah, that series is, is one of those ones up there with the Boston series a couple of years ago when they were up three, three, one or three or whatever it was. And they lost. Um, yeah, that's that that's painful. And to see that kind of continuing on through the beginning of this year. I think I think there's something now. Nah, yeah, I'm not even gonna justify it. Yeah, it, it's been it's been a painful couple of days. Uh, but I'm I'm cautiously optimistic, I think. Yes. I mean beliefs, right? at least they're an unbelievable team. There's no doubt about that. I just want to see a little bit more fire sometimes. Totally. But yeah. I don't think that's in their makeup, I guess. But I feel like somewhere they have to find that edge a little bit, find that yeah. hatred, be a little bit, I don't know if what the word is embarrassed, but there's a little bit of jam missing that I wish they had. I know exactly. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. How are you feeling about, uh, uh, about the Oilers starting their season went in a couple of days, right? Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes on Saturday. I mean, I got, they got their first win, which was uh, nice to see, but I'm having a hard time Al, with this season. It feels <laughs> feels so long to me already and we're only a few days in. <laughs> I guess the problem is that with the Oilers and with the Leafs is that it doesn't matter I don't think at all what they do in the regular season like at all it matters about the, the playoffs are the only thing that matters right now so I don't even care if they barely scrape in to the playoffs I just want to get to the playoffs and go from yeah. there. So to me, this so you, so you're ready. To, you're ready to fast forward through the next five, yeah. six months, pretty like, much. And let's just simulate it, and yeah, okay. yeah. I just want to wake up in January or February, kind of when the <laughs> gets going, and go from there. So I, I, I mean, yeah. I obviously I'll be keeping an eye on on the Oilers, obviously all the Canadian teams. But I don't know the things that I find myself most intrigued by this season so far are the avalanche. I'm really curious to see how they do. I'm going to be watching a lot of them because I, I think they're the only team that can beat Tampa Bay. I mean, there's a lot of parody in the league. You never know what's going to happen, but I'm really rooting for them this year. I would love to see them make a really serious run at the cup. And Ovi, Ovi always has my attention. Like he, he opens up with two goals, no big deal. And now it's going to be a lot of Ovi talk as he tries to yep. take Gretzky's record of it's I mean it's going to take a few years at least so maybe it's even too early to be focused on that but I mean injuries might be a factor but I guess that's why I'm just I'm curious to see how this season plays out for yeah. him. Just well you know <clears throat> I'm intrigued by you know a couple of kind of the impact of COVID for, you know, for instance right I think that's going to 
go a long way in determining kind of how those, you know, we talked about preparation for the playoffs and seedings for the playoffs. Like, I, you know, I, I can't imagine losing one, two, three players, which could happen easily. Um, and I know the NHL has done a really, really, really good job uh, in terms of vaccination. I think there were four unvaccinated players, is what I read recently. Um, so I think, but, but I'm intrigued to see the impact of COVID as well as the Olympics um, on how this shakes out, you know, through the course of the season. I think those are kind of two overarching um, themes for the season that'll be interested to, you know, to they'll be interested to see how they impact a regular season as regular as it can be, right? This is the first time we've had an 82 game season in a couple of years. So, uh, but there are still some implications, I think, that, that are going to external variables that are going to impact, um, you know, how teams are seated and how teams perform over these first few months, which are pretty important, right? Towards that playoff seating. I mean, you get a team like the Leafs that goes down, you know, to two and 10 or so two and 13 or something and start off really horribly. It gets tough to make up that ground, especially you know, uh, in a division with you know other competitive teams like Tampa Bay and Boston and and the like. For sure, yeah, for sure, yeah. Lots, uh, lots going on this season, and I should mention uh, we are actually going to have a Seattle uh, crack and beat reporter uh, on the pod in a few minutes. Nice. Um, did you watch the, that was kind of struck me too. I wasn't sure um, Seattle and Vegas was the best way to open the, the NHL. <laughs> season, but you can't argue with the show that Vegas puts on. That was, that was awesome. And Seattle got their, got their first win the other night. So we're going to discuss that a little bit more um, with Andy football. Big weekend for football. There's a lot of good games. There is a lot of good games, and there was actually a. It turned out to be a pretty good game last night. It didn't start out that way. I was uh, I was pretty focused on the NFL game last night, um, but yeah, it's, it was uh, it's it, the start to a good week. There's a couple of really interesting games. Did you watch at all? Yes. Did you see Tom Terrific last night? Forty four year old Tom Terrific out there still doing what he was doing twenty years ago. Still doing his thing. I did not catch a lot of the game last night, to be honest. Um, I saw the Eagles go down early, and then I had to run out to an event, so I didn't keep an eye on it much after that. Um, but yeah, he's tough to bet against. Always, he really is, right? Game. He really is. That whole that whole team is for sure. I mean, but I mean, even last night, the betting the betting line closed at uh, between six and a half and seven, depending on where where which sports book you bet at. And uh, there was a point at the end of the game when the uh, the Eagles had scored to go down a touchdown and decided to go for two. So the and they got it. So the yes. actual Bucks ended up winning by six, which means the Eagles covered the spread last night, which I'm sure had a lot of angry betters this morning because that that choice to do go for two points doesn't seem very logical. I mean, I know Troy Edmond did a good job explaining kind of the logic behind it last night while the game was on. Um, but yeah, it's funny how those little decisions in a game can impact, you know, the betting line and then, and betting behaviors. And you got a whole bunch of people today that are tearing up their parlay tickets this morning because of that, uh, that, that two point decision last night, but no, look, Tom, I mean, Tom, there was a couple of throws he made that were just, you know, you think this guy's 44 years old and I don't know about you, but I, I rarely see Tom take a hit. Like I rarely see, I don't know if it's just, you know, if you just get the ball up so quickly or he knows how to move within that pocket or whatever it is. But there were a couple of throws he made last night that made you think, man, this guy might, you know, still be ascending. Like it, it almost makes you think, and this is kind of a, a something I heard on, on ESPN earlier this week is did the Patriots hold Tom back? Like, is it, is it possible that really? he could have been this much better because look how he's playing now. I mean, they, they, can you imagine him? without the leash he had in New England and maybe with a couple of receivers, him in his thirties and some like towards the end of his time in New England, he had really no supporting cast, right? It was, it was yeah. him and a bit of a running game. Um, but can you imagine if he had weapons and if he, if he is kind of on the descent, 
maybe we didn't see him at his best at the ascent. You know what I mean? So there's there's yeah. kind of some interesting interesting theories that are that are that are swirling around around term Tom. But uh, but yeah, I mean the guys are. Guys, amazing, absolutely the, the best to ever do it, in my opinion, for sure. I'm a magician. I can't imagine he is under such a microscope every single game. People are just so like riveted and just waiting to see that first little sign of yeah. decay. Like they're just ready to pounce on him, and he is giving zero reason at this point for anyone to think that, like you said, he's, like he maybe he's ascending and not actually declining. Like it's amazing, right? The way people are just scrutinizing everything is just is wild. Yeah. I don't know how that's, that's a, I mean, he doesn't care about pressure, I guess, but one day it's going to change, but man, it, it could be yeah. the way. Well, like, if father time is undefeated so far, but Hey, you never know. Maybe Tom yeah. is the first one to, to defeat Father Time, I saw a stat. I don't know if it's if he's done it already or if he's on pace to do it, but to throw more touchdown passes in his forties and in his twenties. Think of that. Like that is an absolute. I, I think he might be there already, or he's on pace to do it this year, or something like that. But that is actually an, an incredible concept. Right? I know. Obviously, he didn't play right away when he came in. He was behind Drew Bledsoe for a while, but um, but yeah, it's an amazing it's an amazing concept to think that two decades later you're actually statistically playing better than you were. You know, in your twenties, it's 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 an amazing concept. That makes no sense, but uh, yeah, None. if anybody can do it, it would be uh, Tom Terrific. There you go. What okay. uh, what games are you looking forward to on the weekend? Yeah, what, uh, what are you excited about? Good question. I am excited about the Browns and the Cardinals. Of course, Cardinals undefeated uh, going into Cleveland. Can the Browns knock them off? And Chargers and Ravens is the other one that kind of uh, caught my attention. But I'm, I think I will be closely watching the Browns and the Cardinals. And if I was a betting woman, I would, uh-huh. I think I'm going to go with, I would go with the Browns, even though I'm 0-2 against you now because the Bills destroyed the Chiefs. <laughs> That's a little embarrassing for me making that selection. So you can put my drink tally up to two, I All guess. All right. There we go. There we go. Uh, Browns and Cardinals. What do you think? So. That is an interesting one, and both games you picked are interesting for for a specific reason. And, and and from a betting trend perspective, this is always a an interesting um, point to look at. And that is West Coast teams traveling to the East Coast and playing an early game. Um, and I don't have the stats in front of me right now, but it's a really really interesting trend for because because they're playing at ten o'clock in the morning, right? And those players, the football players, are people yeah. of routine who get up for and do sure. the same thing over and over again. So that always has an impact on performance. I think in that, in that, uh, the first game that you mentioned, or sorry, the second game that you mentioned where the, the chargers who look unstoppable, don't they? Right. That offense looks insane. Uh, but going into Baltimore, uh, in the early game, uh, and traveling across, you know, across the country is going to be a challenge. So we're talking about Cleveland, Arizona. I look Arizona. What's intriguing about this game is the, how well the quarterbacks know each other. So they were both in the same quarterback room, right. In Oklahoma. Right. Um, I think Baker Mayfield won the Heisman in 2017, I believe. And then Kyler Murray won it the next year on the same team, right, in 2018. So there's a lot of familiarity there. Uh, I think I'm with you on this one. Natasha. I actually thought you'd be on the other side and going – the undefeated team going into Cleveland uh, would win. But I uh, – so right now – okay, it depends on what we define as the line. So right now the line is three and a half. At three and a half points, I might – take Arizona on three and a half points because three is a very important number in sports betting, right? That's a, obviously a field goal, uh, yes. uh, kind of a field goal metric. So 
if if we're talking about this game at three or two and a half, I think I like Cleveland, but I think three and a half to be sporting in our conversation here, I will take Arizona. If you want to make the line three and a half, I'll take Arizona. You take Cleveland. So when you say that, you think the Browns are win- are going to win, but it won't be by more than three. Correct. I think that it's going to be a super close game. And I think if they do win a last second field goal, potentially, um, you know, kind of a game winning field goal, something like that. Uh, so I think I think the Browns could very well win this game. Uh, I would not bet this. Uh, I would not bet Arizona on the money line, which is to win outright. But I would think I would take Arizona, especially with Kyler Murray playing as well as he is. Right. And, yes. and, and that defense playing really well and all the weapons they have. You give me three and a half points. I would take them going into Cleveland, I think. Okay, uh, let's oh. let's let's do it. Are we on for the, on? Browns, for right. the Browns? Yeah, let's nice. do it. Let's hope their defense is good enough, and uh, I want to see the Cardinals lose for the first time this season. Yeah, you know what? And that's the other thing, right? Those undefeated teams, everyone always—they're the last undefeated team. Everyone's always kind of looking anxiously, and yep. you know, the joke is always there about the seventy-two Dolphins popping bottles when <laughs> the last undefeated team loses. So we'll see if it happens this week. I think, I, I think you're making a. a an intelligent pick here, taking okay, kind of the, yeah, I really do. So I, I'm I'm not in terms of confidence intervals. I don't feel super confident about this, but uh, I'm willing to I'm willing to bet one of my pumpkin spice lattes. Okay, love it. So what are you thinking on the Baltimore Chargers game? What do you are you have? Do you have oh. the same feeling about the home team, or do you think uh, the visiting team? That one, I'm very very undecided. Uh, let me think about that one. I. I'm going oh, just I'm so you know. Okay, so, so just so you know, the 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 line opened up with the Ravens minus three, so Ravens winning by three points, uh, and it, as of right now, it's down to the Ravens two and a half minus two and a half, which means that some of the public, some money is coming in on the Chargers, so the line's moving closer, um, you know, closer to the middle. Um, so it seems as though some money is going there. It's been hovering around that three, three and a half two and a half number for the entire week. So it hasn't moved too far off. I'm looking at it uh, right now over the course of the week. So figure this is another field goal game. Let's make it three points. Um, right. Yeah. My gut, my gut was the Ravens. So I'm, I'm sticking with that. Nice. Chargers, not great against uh, the run. And I like to see, uh, I like my boy Lamar. We'll see what he can do. I'm on the same side as you, Natasha. We don't have any action on that game. All right. I, I think you're making the right, I mean, I think you're making the right decision there. Okay. Well, you're the expert. So that makes me feel good. Uh, we have our Seattle crack and beat reporter standing by Andy. Ide is going to join us right away. So this is good. I'm very curious to see uh, what the vibe is like in Seattle with this new team. They, it was super fun watching them play against Vegas. Vegas did a great job welcoming them. That whole pregame amazing team they have on the ice and everything is just second to none we need to go to vegas to watch a game have you been to out to watch i a game? have you have I have, oh. I have been to that stadium it was about a year and a half ago i was at a conference in vegas and we got some tickets and my goodness the show they put on there everything was it's just uh it is it is unlike any other hockey game i've been to i would compare it more to a basketball game almost right because that's what okay. games you got cheerleaders and you got T-shirt cannons out and and at every break in action in a basketball game, there's something happening, right? There's people flipping on the court or something. I found this to be have the theatrics of a basketball game, but it was just it was super super cool. I agree with you that intro in that opening game was I, I've watched it like three or four times already since then, just because it's, it's it's I showed I showed it to my kid who you know who was who was loving it. So uh, yeah. I agree they know how to put on a show. And if you want to do a road trip to Vegas, I am so in. 
Okay, we will make it happen at some point. All right, here he is, Andy Ida, Seattle Crack and Beat reporter and contributor to NHL.com and 710 ESPN Seattle. Andy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for doing this. How, how How's life in Seattle these days? It's pretty fun. We've got an NHL team to, to actually talk about, so we're, we're doing well out here. What is the vibe like? And we're like in Seattle. I know you guys have the Thunderbirds out there, but how educated is the hockey crowd out in Seattle? I think it's a mixed bag as you do have the Western Hockey League team. We have Seattle and Everett, which is just uh, 30, 30 minutes north of Seattle. And there's uh, two other Western Hockey League teams in the state and one in Portland. So there is those fans who have been going to those games for 40 years, but that's still a small group. I think, you, and you also have a lot of people that, you know, are from different parts of the country or from Canada that that know the sport. So I think you have a mixed bag. You have the people who know the sport, understand the rules, know who the players are. Then there's people who are brand new, like looking at social media last, last week, there's people who I don't understand. You mean, there's two half times. Like you see things like that. Like they're still, they're still learning some of the basics of hockey. So yeah, you, you definitely have a mixed bag, which makes it interesting. You know, uh, while this all was leading up, I always thought that Seattle was kind of an underground hockey market because, because there is hockey history here. But now we're going to see uh, just, you know, how many people are going to learn to, to, to know the game and love the game. It's kind of exciting. I kind of like seeing those comments because people were really excited. The, 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 the first game in Vegas, looking at social media, people were like, that was really exciting. And, you know, there was that controversial goal at the end. And people were like, I can't believe I'm already this mad at a team that's only existed for, you know, a day. So right. I, I think the people are pretty excited. They, they've sold out merch. They've, you know, like you walk around, you see cracking gear everywhere in town. Uh, you know, it's not probably not at the Seahawks level yet, but it's, it feels like it's getting there. Yeah, the logo itself is awesome. I mean, right off the bat, they did an awesome job with that. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Vegas, and I think when Vegas got their franchise, it was the same sort of thing. It was like, okay, what do the fans of Vegas really know about hockey? But look, look where they've come right now, and that franchise as a whole. What are the expectations like on? The Seattle franchise now, right? Because expansion teams never used to be like this. Used to get them, you yeah. see them in the playoffs for four or five years. But Vegas, I think, changed that. So, do you kind of feel that pressure in Seattle? Yeah, you know, there, there, there are people who think that there's no reason why they can't replicate what Vegas did, which I think is a little bit of uh, reaching a little bit too far. Like, I think that was as fun as that was. It was still kind of a one in a lifetime, you know, lightning in a bottle kind of thing. You know, I don't think you can expect to, even with the new rules, to be Stanley Cup contenders, but. I think, you know, realistic expectations, I think, would be that they're competing for a playoff spot. And, you know, what we've seen so far, there's nothing to think that can't be done. But, uh, you know, expectations are always strange, uh, and especially with some of the newer fans who don't understand how rare the Vegas thing was. <laughs> you know, I think, right. oh, why can't, why can't we go to the Stanley Cup in the first year, too? And <laughs> I just don't know that that's going to happen. I don't think they have that kind of team. But they're going to be a competitive team, and they're, they're, the two, two games so far have been pretty entertaining, so. Uh, yeah. I think that'll ultimately be what, what what gets people psyched. You're right. Got their first win last night, and the Pacific Division isn't the greatest, so for sure I could as well. What do you think about Mark Giordano as as the choice for captain? Is he the right guy? It, it seemed pretty obvious, right? He was a captain in Calgary for what felt like forever. Uh, you know, and he won the Mark Messier Leadership Award and award at one point. You know, it, it's funny during training camp. In the preseason games, players just would auto just come, would bring him up like, "Oh, well, we were fired to go because you know Geo got us going in the room beforehand, and you know he's played a hundred games, but he was you know a thousand games, but he was still excited to to for this preseason game." So you started seeing some of that just trickle out of the locker room that hey, he's the guy here. He's 
he's a guy we all look to. He's a veteran and, and they all respect him. So it made a lot of sense. It was, it was almost kind of obvious. Now the interesting thing is they have him for one year left on his contract. And, you know, there was some speculation that if they're out of it, that he could be a trade ship. So uh, I, now I kind of question that though, that they named him captain. And are you going to necessarily trade your captain away the first year? So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. But uh, yeah, I, I think as far as putting that C on, he was kind of the obvious choice. Right. What do you think, I mean, we're only a couple games in, but you're obviously been following this team closely so far. What is, what is the biggest weakness on this team right now? Well, coming into it, I, I you know, you looked at the preseason results in the training camp. It was a little worrisome who was going to score outside their top line of Jared McCann and Schwartz and uh, uh, Jordan Everly. Like those guys were responsible for half the goals that the team scored in preseason, which is, which is great. <clears throat> but it's also something to worry about, like, because, you know, as matchups get, you know, tougher in the regular season, this, it's going to be that those guys aren't going to have as much success. They have actually in the first two games, but now in the first two games, they got scoring from other people. You know, you saw Morgan Geeky score. You saw Ryan Donato score last night. Brandon Tanner scored twice. Uh, those are all really good signs. Uh, you know, we'll see if they can keep that up, but they're going to need to find scoring from somebody else other than that top line. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, who surprises. It was the same thing with Vegas because we get a bunch of guys chip on their shoulder, right? Because their other mm -hmm. teams didn't want them and all of a sudden they flourish uh, with a new team. So we'll have to see uh, who surprises, like I said. Um, Philip Grubauer, is he good enough in net for them? Do they have any Boy, issues? He sure was last night. Uh, if you watched the game last night, they had a, a one goal lead going to third period and then Nashville just blitzed them and I think they out they out chanced them like eleven to one, and I think the shots were like twelve to one. Seattle's only shot was, was the empty net goal they scored, and it was all Grubauer. Like they wouldn't have won that game last night. He was all over the place, and you know you look at him his, his track record last year. He was a Vesna finalist, uh, you know, but he also was playing for a really good Colorado team. The thing that he has going for him in Seattle is that they are a very strong defensive team. They've got a good good defense, and they've their forwards are all you know the prototypical two way guys. So. I think he he is the guy. And they also got Chris Drieger, who had a great year in Florida last year. He's their backup. And I think Grubauer's workload isn't going to be like 90% of the starts. I think it'll be more like a 60-40 split. Uh, and, and so I, I think that those two together are a pretty good goalie tandem. So I think they have the goaltending. It was it was actually 13 to 1 that shot total. Okay, yeah. I watched a little yeah. bit of it and it was it uh, was, was crazy. <laughs> he was getting blitz the whole time. I think there were 40% of the faceoffs in Seattle zone. Yeah. Last night, uh, which is which is a, what kind of a ridiculous stat, but he played amazing. Uh, any other takeaways from last night? I mean, I know the power play went two for two, and uh, yeah, the power, play, six, the power yeah. play is kind of funny because they barely worked on that in training camp. You know, I, I was at every practice, and you know, they they maybe spent an hour total working on the power play <laughs> through all the training camp of preseason, and they go out and go two for two. I think they had a goal in Vegas too, so. You know, they they, they kind of keep it simple looking at what they're doing. You know, it's just the typical get traffic and get pucks to the net. You know, it's just there's just nothing fancy on the power play. And so far that's working. And, you know, when a guy like Brandon Tanev is crashing in and, and getting a, a power play goal, uh, you know, you got something special working there because that's that's not really his forte <laughs> historically. So uh, kind of you know, an unlikely hero last night for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they're still trying stuff. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. You know, hopefully it gets it keeps you know it gets stronger. They still haven't seen we still haven't seen Yanni Gord on the team yet. He's been practicing but hasn't played because of an injury, and that's only going to add a little bit more. I think you'll see him in some of the special teams uh, and some of the top six. Um, so that's exciting that they that maybe their best forward hasn't even stepped on the ice yet for a game. Any COVID issues out there, Andy? I know there were a bunch of players who didn't play. Uh, 
on Wednesday or Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm getting my night. Yeah, uh, it was funny. We went to practice the day before they flew to Vegas or the day that they, the day they actually flew to Vegas on Tuesday. And there were five guys missing from four guys missing from practice. And right. we, knew, we knew Kale Yarncruck had already, was already in the protocol because that had happened the week before and he's still in the protocol. Um, and then we asked Dave Axel to practice and he goes, Oh yeah, those other four guys are all in the COVID protocol. You know, the night before your franchise opener or the day of your wow. franchise opener, you lose, you know, four pretty prominent players, but they, they all, they all were able to pass uh, their COVID tests either that later that day or even the next day. And so like they had, they were all in the game in Vegas. Like some of them flew in, you know, midday, like the team was already there and they passed their tests and were able to fly in at the last second. The team didn't even know, like the players said, we found out when they showed up in the room that they were going to play. And so a little bit, a little bit of a hectic, you know, 24 hours there before their first game (laughs) in the franchise history. But so right now it's just yarn crook. And and unfortunately their radio play-by-play guy, Everett Fitzhugh, he's also in the protocol. So they, They've had, oh, to scram- okay. they've had to scramble to get uh, radio guys uh, the last couple nights. That's COVID for you. Hey, you yeah. got to roll with the <laughs> yeah. Are you, is uh, a full arena expected? I'm not sure what the protocols are in Seattle when it comes to fans and can they fill up the whole room? Yep. Yeah. Uh, you have to be vaccinated or, or uh, yeah, I, I believe it's vaccinated or a, a positive test in the, in the previous 48 hours. So, but they're expecting a full house uh, there next week. I am really looking forward to the home opener. I'm not sure why they didn't, why the NHL didn't schedule them right off the bat to open at home, but they're playing Vancouver. What are the chances of a rivalry actually flourishing between teams, yeah. do you think? Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, the, the reason they didn't open is because the arena is not quite ready yet, which is why Seattle's okay. on the That's, road for five sure games. <laughs> yeah, but, okay. uh, they'll be ready to go next weekend. But, uh, you know, Vancouver is obviously the geographical uh, rival, right? They're, it's a two hour yeah. drive away from Seattle. So they've really been pushing that, you know, the teams and the politicians have all had their fun on Twitter, you know, with that, but I, I, we'll have to wait and see, you know, rivalries are often born by things that happen on the ice. You know, there's, there's an incident or some bad blood forms or a playoff series. I mean, that ultimately may decide who there is. I mean, there was a little bit of, uh, of an issue with Vegas where they, Mark Stone thought that Morgan geeky celebrated too much on this game time goal. And, and so he said some things in the press. So there, that could be the start of a budding rivalry. We'll have to see. But I think it'll be something like that, you know, a hit or somebody didn't like a hit or somebody there's a really intense game goes back and forth, which will actually ignite it. So for right now, it's Vancouver by default. Um, you know, that's why they're opening up. And there's also a New Year's Day game planned against Vancouver here yeah. um, back in January. So uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, they played the preseason twice and there wasn't really anything, but it's the preseason. So that's a whole different ball game. But uh yeah, it would be fun if it was Vancouver because it's so easy for fans to get back and forth in those games. And that always adds some fun in the arena. Yeah, you hope to see it for sure. I was laughing this morning. I There was a video going around of one Seattle fan in Nashville just getting <laughs> his face punched in by some other fans. Oh, I don't right. know if you saw that right now. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. I, have, I know people Seattle that are there. Dude, and the Nashville guys <laughs> were just beating him. And I was like, what is going on in that crowd already? So they were, the fans were into it at least. But you're right. Uh-huh. You never know where these um, rivalries will develop. You almost kind of need some sort of incidents yep. to, to get everybody going. I mean, who would have thought that Vegas and San Jose were going to be such big rivals, right? I think they all thought it would be LA and Vegas because they're closer. But uh, you know, uh, an intense playoff series and that one's off and running. Okay, so final question for you. This is coming from the nerd in me because I am a bit of a <laughs> grammar snob, or I try to be really good with my grammar. Kraken, singular or plural, and how do you write and speak around that? <laughs> it, 
Good question. I don't think anybody really knows. It is. It is like the, you know, it's like the wild and the lightning and yes. Uh, so is it the lightnings? Goes it the Kraken's goal? Kraken's first win, or is it the Kraken first win? I, I think everybody's gone with Kraken's. You know, apostrophe yes. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, but but then but then if you but then you know it's it's singular when instead of just adding an S when there's multiple of them, right? Like the Kraken yeah. players. It's not the Kraken's. You know, so right. Yeah, I, I think I say you just go for it. <laughs> Just do, just do what you want, and <laughs> it'll, it'll all. Everybody will understand what you're saying. Have there been any nicknames yet? Any um, anything well, emerged from the team yet? So far, you know, in, in preseason there was a line of three Swedes, which uh, one of the writers here dubbed the Swedish uh, Mafia. Uh, okay, that they've been broken up. One's been sent down, so that's that's not going to stand. Okay. But uh, uh, Morgan Geeky, uh, there's already like a hashtag Geeky Squad or Geek Squad uh, from the Best Buy down here, you know that kind of thing. Uh, so far, that's it. Um, but we'll have to see. You know that that takes some time. You can't. You don't want to force those things. <laughs> right. Even for the Kraken itself, I was thinking. I was thinking there might be a nickname that comes. Oh, out, um, right. Only ones that are that are you know with with crack the drug connotations, which oh, <laughs> inappropriate <laughs> ones, of course. Kind of, yeah, not appropriate. So that's that's a, so far, you know. I, I on my my social media sometimes refer to them as the scrapping kraken and then one time I just call them the scrappins but that hasn't okay. seemed to catch on yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I mean the franchise has done a heck of a job so far. I love the promotional video that they put out as well when they made the announcement. I don't know if you remember oh, yeah. that. It's so mm-hmm. good. Um, so we will see where this where this team goes. Andy, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it, and we'll have to get you back on here in a couple months. We'll see where this team is at. Yeah, anytime. I appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks Andy. Andy. Okay, so there you have it. Nice little rundown of the crack. And I was wondering about that arena, and that makes sense that it's not yeah. quite ready. But I hope they blow the doors off when they Me when too. they all get in there for that home opener. I hope Me they too. I hope they beat Vancouver. I think that would help starting the rivalry, right? Because the Seattle I Seattle so. has to be the underdog going into that game, so a win over over Vancouver would maybe get things going a little bit between the sides. I think so. And I think Seattle has always had like a reputation for having ultra passionate fans, right? I mean, the 12th man for the Seahawks, of course. I'm old enough to remember the Supersonics when they played in Seattle. And I remember the rabid fan base in the kind of the fall when they got when they drafted Durant and before that was Sean Kemp and Gary Payton. Uh, so I think the I think the the crowd is ripe for that type of, you know, kind of professional team to come in and, and really start developing a presence there. So I think they're going to do exceptionally well. And I agree with you 100%. I'd love to see a Vancouver-Seattle um, rivalry develop somehow. All right, we will see how that goes. I think that is it for us, Al. Uh, got a couple of football games here. Ravens and Browns are my picks, so I will be watching closely on the weekend. Cool. And uh, have a great one. Any any plans? No, nothing really. No, you know what? It's uh, it's lots of football. It's that time of year, right? Where where well, and my wife hates especially because <laughs> there's so much sport on, right? There's basketball starting next week and NHL and football and everything else. So, and uh, we're lucky enough to be doing this for, for a job. So no, it's uh, nothing, no plans, but to watch a lot of football and eat some Thanksgiving leftovers. There you go. It's 17 degrees on Sunday. I'm going golfing, but I will be watching football as well. So have a great one. And uh, we will chat. You're listening to the, Oh, come on sports podcast with me, Natasha Sanashevsky. Come on.